This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And in fangirl happenings this week, Jenna was in the Stone Age, so she missed everything. <laughs> I had no fangirl happenings this week. I am in Texas, as you guys know, I'm in Austin. We had one night of below freezing temperatures and rain, which led to ice, which led to trees falling on power lines, which led to my power being out for two and a half days because of (laughs) one night of ice, one night of ice. So literally like by the fireplace, no power, no Wi-Fi. My phone like data did work for like the first day and then it just stopped working. So I like couldn't access anything. And then the crazy thing is that yesterday, which was Friday, parts of Austin were just like normal functioning society and and like my house was like freezing af and like still no power so it was like all right i guess i'm gonna go into the world because everyone else is living their lives like it was it was just (laughs) i I literally went to a coffee shop so i could like post online and like read twitter um and it it just it was just very honestly the lesson here is that just how very dependent not only on electricity but like how very dependent we are on the internet to live our lives is kind of insane yeah, I think the funniest text I got was from you was just like, I need gossip. Yeah. <laughs> what's hap- was what's like, happening? I was like, what is going on? I literally like TikTok. No, nothing loading. Nothing. <laughs> All I could see was text tweets. Um, so yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Jenna, I'm out in the world. I can't just go on TikTok right now and give you some updates. I need to know what's happening right now. <laughs> and I was like, uh, Harry Styles has been looking real cute lately, but... <laughs> Yeah, so Sarah, fill us in on what did happen this week. It was Mr. Harry Styles' 29th birthday. God, I can only imagine what he's going to do next year for his birthday. And the narcissist in him really popped off by having a birthday show in Palm Springs where he was the center of attention, as per usual. He wore the most sparkly Barbie pink (laughs) set I've ever seen in my life. The titties were out. He was thriving. (laughs) I just saw a video of Harry's at the Beachwood Cafe in LA and like a Harry Styles song came on and like everyone was like screaming it. And the video was like, the staff can't wait for Harry to leave LA. Oh my God. Yeah. He had to have known that he could never go back there after he wrote that song. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he does at like off times, but like. Yeah. If Harry fans aren't flocking to the area... I'm sure it's fine. But also, like, the cafe knew what they were doing by putting the song on. Yeah. So it's like, can we really... Give like people who, what they want. Who's really at fault here? But they I mean, honestly, they should. I would just have too much secondhand embarrassment to even go there, like, where it was obvious that I was there because Harry of Harry Styles. Oh, come like, on, I, Sarah. Be a fangirl no, for I, once. I, I, I understand fangirl tourism. Like, don't get me wrong. I've done my fair share of it. But I feel like going there because Harry is in town would be, like, too embarrassing for me. 
Nah, I'm for it. I support it. <laughs> Don't want Sarah's personal embarrassment get you down. I mean, everybody do what they want. Just like I have my own levels of cringe. That I Why can't do you think that with. is, Sarah? <laughs> Uh, well, let's unpack this. Way. Let's yeah. unpack this for a second. Are you not like other girls? No, I'm definitely <laughs> like other girls because I would go like three days later. Oh, just kidding. I feel like in any situation where there's going to be people doing things that I feel like you're not supposed to do in a restaurant, just in mm. general, I would just be like, mm. being annoying and chaotic. Yeah, like I can't deal with that. It has nothing really to do with like wanting to be there it just has to do with like people doing things that i would be embarrassed of no matter what oh my god (laughs) once i did get internet back the only significant thing i saw about this week is that ray who we previously talked about on our podcast ray the british pop slash r&b singer who previously left her record deal after they trapped her for seven years and never let her release an album and she was like pigeonholed into just doing like dance pop hits so she finally got out of her contract we we did a whole episode about this it was like a very big and emotional experience for her she just put out her like debut album after years of actually being an artist Mm -hmm. she's never had an album it's called my 21st century blues and she set up this huge display in front of her old record label um (laughs) and it's like the props that were used in the like album photo shoot it's a really big display it's like a like speakers and instruments and all this stuff that's like piled up and then like there's like spray paint like her song names on it it looks really cool but it's kind of like a big middle finger to her old label for trapping her for so long honestly she's just been like so iconic since she's been i mean she's always been iconic but like since she's been released from the jail of her her old record label she's done like a couple things where she's definitely not hiding the fact that she's like clapping back at these people and i'm like you go girl she just looks so incredibly happy and excited. i'm just like so happy for her it's ugh, i can't wait I'm, I'm like getting chills thinking about it but i can't wait to listen to this <laughs> album i haven't had a chance to listen yet but that's very exciting for her yeah it's, it's really awesome and like the fact that she's had one of her the songs from the record go viral on tiktok and like there's already just like success around it i feel like is really truly what she deserves after all the shit she's been through yeah absolutely so and we do have the grammys happening on sunday so we'll probably have some grammy gossip to talk about next week (laughs) we are gonna do a full kind of like thought dump on the grammys for our patreon so if you want a bonus episode talking all about the grammys we're gonna do that patreon.com slash name three songs we're obviously going to have a lot to talk about because there's going to be performances by Bad Bunny, DJ Khaled for some reason, which is always funny to talk about. Harry Styles, Lizzo, Sam Smith and Kim Petras and Steve Lacey. I mean, there's others, but like those are the relevant ones. Those are the ones too. we care about. <laughs> those are the ones we care about. And Cardi B is presenting an award, as is Shania Twain, who I feel like is having a resurgence because of the Harry Styles go, Coachella girls. performance. Olivia Rodrigo is presenting. So it should should be interesting. I mean, the Grammys are always a clusterfuck because, you know. And uh, I think Beyonce, Adele, and Harry Styles are like all up for all the same things. It's going to be a bloodbath, y'all. It's going to be very interesting on uh, fandom Twitter. Yeah. Like that, I will say. Yeah. So 
We'll definitely have some stuff to say on the normal podcast about the Grammys, but that bonus episode is going to be crazy. And so <laughs> now that we've got all the fangirl happenings out of the way, and since this week felt like it was less of a fangirl time because I couldn't share my fangirling with Jenna because she was living in the Stone Age, we just have to get straight to serious business now. <laughs> and boy, is there some serious business because Sam Smith has been making headlines because... America's transphobic as shit. And that's not fun because they're having some really big success with their new music that's coming out. It's like the most success they've seen with a release. And yet all the headlines are about their new music video and the restrictions around it and people's backlash about it. And it's literally for the dumbest reasons possible. So, Jenna, do you want to get a bit into this? So, Sam Smith put out a music video for I'm Not Here to Make Friends. Let me just say. This video was so cool, very iconic. Mm -hmm. It's giving like a Renaissance era, like burlesque, like very interesting, honestly, just celebration of like queerness overall. I love that Sam Smith is not only being like, has this huge like pink fluffy outfit on, they're being carried like on a Shea lounge. They also at the end of the video are like sitting on top of like a car being like driven around, like it's so funny, but what got people really riled up this week is that in the video, of course, there's dancing. Of course, there's partying. Of course, there's semi-naked people. One of those people being Sam Smith. And the internet was very mad because they did not want to see Sam Smith in beautiful naked glory. And a lot of the criticisms that we're seeing really comes down to the fact that Sam Smith has not done anything that we haven't seen before from thin male artists from all size female artists but the fact is sam smith being a fat trans non-binary person people are mad people are really mad about this so the transphobia the fat phobia is coming out very loudly i feel like everything done in this video is done in like such a tasteful way and none of it feels overtly sexual even with the dancing and I don't know, it just is like, it's costumed really well. It's filmed really well. It feels like movie quality music video. And people are just so upset. And it's like, they're literally wearing pasties. What are you so mad about? Like, calm the fuck down. It's like, no nipples were seen in this music video. And I feel like that's usually what people are mad about is having to see nipples. But it's like, yeah, like you said, they're not doing anything that hasn't been done before but because they exist in the trans bubble of things people are like nope it's a it's a drag queen and they're making my children gay because that's the current rhetoric that's been going on lately of anything that's like not gender conforming people are like nope it's drag and they're forcing my children to become gay and it's like what the fuck is that logic yeah so we pulled a lot of information about anti-trans bills that are going around in the u.s right now so we will get into that in a minute but i did want to read some like tweets of like what the internet is saying about this and we have a compilation article in people one twitter user wrote the backlash against sam smith is absolutely about people not wanting people to be overtly sexual unless they're skinny if they were doing that routine with exposed abs there would be no articles about this debating if it's okay or suitable for children mm. 
Another user tweeted, I was going to ask what has Samsung done to deserve this amount of hate directed at them, but it's quite literally that they're queer and fat, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. And another one we have, if Sam Smith were thin, cis, and straight, they wouldn't be ridiculed for how they present and dress. If Harry Styles wore the same fits on a magazine cover, y'all would be screaming, yes, queen. Anyway, support fat queer people. And it is interesting because it's like, for example, if we think about Lil Nas X doing his like Montero music video, that got a lot of backlash, a lot of hate. It was very sexual. He was like cohorting with the devil, like literally like flirting and grinding with the devil in his music videos. It got a lot of Christian backlash, obviously a lot of conservative backlash as would be expected because Lil Nas X was already getting that type of hate. But it feels like there's just so many extra layers with who sam smith is as a person that Mm -hmm. goes against what heteronormativity is and what essentially straight people culture the dominant white culture wants you to be yeah i think i think also like as we discussed the other week when we were discussing uh lizzo and the body discourse that's been happening lately and how heroin chic is back in and all this stuff it's like uh, people in fat bodies are feeling attacked way more than they have in quite some time i would feel and so i think on top of that it's like there's this added layer for fellow people who are existing in like plus size bodies right now where it's like this feels fat phobic it feels transphobic feels homophobic there's so many phobics that this feels like and is that is just jarring and i think also in the same way it's like i feel like for someone like lil nas x and like using that as an example for that montero video it's it would be it's so much easier for the artist as a person to get over people saying dumb conservative shit whereas when people are attacking sam smith's body and their identity and all of these things to different levels it's like that's gonna cause personal issues like it's not it's not as easy to be like oh let's make this a funny haha like let's make fun of them because they're attacking every single thing about sam smith's like personhood and so i feel like that's also where this differs in that way where it's like these are personal jabs at their existence rather than just like normal conservative talking points yeah and on top of that it feels like anti-trans people of the internet and possibly even the government are going to try and like use this music video to be like see they're using this to indoctrinate our children and it's so icky it just feels so bad and it's it's so frustrating like i said at the beginning of of this section of the episode sam smith is having so much success with their new music and yet they're not even allowed to celebrate that success because people are working double hard to tear them down yeah i think that's a really good point of distinguishing between lil nas x's music video was clearly him taking a jab at conservatism like being like i know you don't like this so i'm going to do it more yeah Um, kind of making a statement whereas like sam smith's music video they are just celebrating being them being themselves being queer being fat being existing as a person and i do agree that's why this is significantly more personal of an attack and just to like hit some facts on what we're saying about sam smith's success their single unholy featuring kim petrus has been number one on the billboard hot 100 sam smith is also nominated for several 
2023 Grammys and their most recent studio album Gloria just came out and this again was one of the singles promoting it and digging a little bit deeper into like the psychology of all of this just all of the the personhood that comes with being a fat person in America in the world in general that comes with being a queer person we have a really good article in USA Today by Charles Trapani that came out amidst all of this music video controversy and they talked to a sociology professor at the university of california los angeles named abigail sagai who says that there's certain things that are normative expected in society heterosexuality and gender conformity being very strong normative expectations and thinness being another People police that. When you step outside the lines and behave in ways that are non-conforming, there's often backlash and a social cost to that. And Charles talked to an LGBTQ therapist named Miriam Geiger, who explains that this social cost is often less or non-existent for people who flaunt their sexualities while fulfilling gender and beauty standards, such as Lil Nas X, even though he's a gay man. He's also very conventionally attractive and very fit. And so this therapist, Miriam Geiger, also calls out that Sam Smith's video speaks to body image struggles within the LGBTQ community and Trevor Project, which is a nonprofit dedicated to LGBTQ suicide prevention, has some reports that say nearly nine in 10 LGBTQ youth report feeling dissatisfied with their bodies with rates of body distraction 10% higher amongst transgender and non-binary youth. And if we look at this historically, media portrayals of LGBTQ people have been very monolithic, have been very Mm -hmm. single typed because we don't have a lot of representation. And so it's like here we have Sam Smith being the representation that hasn't been there and they're being attacked for it. And yes, of course, their fans are defending Sam Smith. People are calling this out. But overwhelmingly, because I mean, if you think about it, Sam Smith debuted with a very traditional like soul kind of pop Mm -hmm. record. They've been in this music spotlight for a while now for multiple years i think even a decade and a lot of general public know sam smith so it's like there's the direct supporters and fans who are going to support sam smith no matter what body size they are no matter being non-binary no matter their sexuality and then there's the general public that knows sam smith that's going to tear them apart this episode is brought to you by bumble So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It is interesting because on TikTok I have seen some clips of their interview with Zane Lowe and part of that interview they were talking about body image and Zane acknowledges that the last album that Sam had they looked very gaunt and skinny on the cover and Zane was like you look kind of unwell and Sam's like yeah because 
I was unwell and that they're saying how like they feel so much more comfortable and confident in their body now and like how some people just aren't supposed to be skinny and that it was too much work and that they weren't taking care of themselves properly and all that sort of stuff and I think also like Jenna was saying and was said in that USA Today article it's like in media the queer representation when there is it is a very specific type for so long and it's always been like a very flamboyant white like relatively skinny gay friend that's kind of comic relief really loves fashion is like very just like out there kind of thing and so when that's all you see that's what you're gonna try and emulate anyway on top of all the other body image shit that comes with being in the spotlight you know i mean going off of that point for general america for conservative america maybe they're like well we know conservatives don't want gay marriage but if we're talking about general america they've come to accept this stereotype of a gay man that is like the okay gay man the acceptable gay man and anyone who doesn't now fit into that bubble is now not acceptable yeah yeah i mean i feel like that's always what the case is it's like people get used to expecting a certain type of thing and then when they realize like oh being queer doesn't fit into this box at all times now we have new people to hate (laughs) like new reasons to hate them and it's like oh like i'm okay with the very beautiful queer couple or whatever the case is but like the second that it's normal looking people it's like no thanks we're not cool with that and i feel like that's a lot of the backlash around sam smith is that sam smith looks like a normal person right now and i feel like that instills fear in conservative america or just conservative people in general because it's like oh my god now how am i supposed to be able to tell a queer person apart from a not queer person when anybody in any sized body can be queer and it's like (laughs) i think that's so unhinged to think about but that truly is like if you try and get into the brain of like a conservative person and and the language that they use and the rhetoric that they speak and all that stuff it's just that thing where they want it to be obvious when somebody is different and the second that they realize that that's not how shit works like nobody's ever going to fit into that quintessential look or vibe or whatever that they've decided fits that queer persona then they're like oh shit like could people who work at home depot be queer and it's like yes they could be (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay so to take things to another very deeply upsetting level i want to take this some time to talk about a lot of the anti-trans bills that have been going around the united states in recent years a lot of them in the year 2023. And so there was a really great article in the New York Times by Maggie Astor at the end of January titled GOP state lawmakers push a growing wave of anti-transgender bills. So this New York Times article cites that there have been more than 150 anti-trans bills in at least 25 states in this year alone. However, these numbers kind of vary vastly depending on what source you're looking at and i think a lot of this has to do with how the bills are being qualified because if we look at the aclu they're currently tracking 262 anti-lgbtq bills in the u.s so that number is a little bit bigger because of including all lgbtq matters but most of these bills have come about this year specifically and it is february fourth at time of recording okay we are one month into 2023 and a lot of these bills 
cover things like school and education, civil rights, free speech, accurate IDs, public accommodations, healthcare. A lot of these bills are very, very, very bad. There was one in Texas where they were trying to arrest parents who are gender affirming for their trans kids. Love it. That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. That's so Um, fucked. Also, if we think about the current zeitgeist in America, there's been a lot of anti-drag show rhetoric. Like, why? Um, What have the drag queens done to anyone? Uh, (laughs) I do think it has to do... It was in combination with a lot of, like, LGBTQ mass shootings that happened recently. I know one of them specifically happened, like, at a drag show. And I think now they're like, yes, drag queens are evil. Drag queens are the devil. Drag queens are turning our children gay. Which, by the way, was also rhetoric that was used in the like 80s, 70s, 80s, like long time ago in general about gay people, like gay people existing are turning our kids gay. And it's like, hey, maybe humans were always gay. You just oppressed everyone. (laughs) And now people have representation. So they're discovering things about themselves. But just an overview of a few of these bills to be a little more specific. Maggie writes that There's restriction on drag shows using definitions that could broadly encompass performances by transgender people, measures that would prevent teachers in many cases from using names or pronouns matching students' gender identities, and requirements that schools out transgender students to their parents, as well as a measure in West Virginia that would define any transvestite and or transgender exposure performances or display as obscene, potentially outlawing transgender people's presence around children. Is this not literally applicable to the Sam Smith music video? That language feels very Nazi coded. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, what? Are they supposed to wear a Star of David on their shoulder? Like, yeah. Li- that's so it's so unhinged and just so ridiculous and so upsetting because it's like that's literally as that's like they have they would like have to go be registered as transgender at like the local dmv that's fucking scary that's and that's yeah that's verging on nazi shit yeah and you know what's crazy if you think about it in this context this is like i literally have chills right now because it's like black people in america we can see that you're black, so we're just yeah. going to be racist to you. But, like, trans people... And this is also, like, the thing that's so fucked up. Like, it feels very fucked up to say, like, sometimes it's not obvious someone's trans. But, like, this is the thinking of the conservatives, okay? So, I hate to be this way, but, like, if they're like, oh, like, this is exactly what we said earlier. Like, if I can't tell you're trans, if, I, if you look like a normal person, how am I supposed to know? And then you're going to be converting my children to be like you. That's why yeah. they want to do that. Yeah, literally. They're like, oh, if I can't tell... How do I know to fear you? And it's like, because you shouldn't, you shouldn't shouldn't. fear them. There's nothing to be afraid of. They're just people living their best lives. So also in this New York Times article, Maggie talks to Aaron Reed, who's a legislative researcher. And Aaron, among with other transgender advocates, say that they worry that the most aggressive bills, even if they're never enacted, could ease the passage for slightly less aggressive bills by making them seem like compromises. I hate this. I hate this so much. Conservative activists have emphasized parental control and child protection, calling transition care harmful, an assertion rejected by the American Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, and the American Academy of Pediatrics and other medical groups. Essentially, the talking point of the conservative party is that gender-affirming care is harmful. 
And then all of these like doctors associations are like, nope, that's actually not true. (laughs) It's funny in like a dystopian kind of way that all of these medical societies are like, well, actually gender affirming care is actually good for the kids because then they can feel like themselves and stop being depressed and suicidal because they're not getting to live their true life. And it's like, there, there's so many hoops you have to jump through to get gender affirming care anyway, where you have to have like psychological evaluation, like you have to be seeing a doctor, like they're not going to just give a kid who isn't actually transgender, gender affirming medication or whatever, like they're not going to give some kid who like, like, for example, when I got my period when I was 11, I asked to be neutered, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I wouldn't <laughs> I fully was just like, please take this away from me. Like, I did not ask to be part of this narrative. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I I did not ask for this. I do not want this. But if I had, like, gone to see a doctor or a psychologist about this, within, like, two meetings, they would have been like, she does not want a hysterectomy. Yeah, She's just having hormonal struggles right now. Whereas like there are other people who probably meant that more than me or had those emotions more than I would have. Like the fear of like going through puberty or whatever the case is where it's like a legitimate case or like me being fucking insane. Yeah. The deeply upsetting thing of all of this is that suicide in particular is very high among the transgender community. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but it is very high and it's very deeply upsetting. But the Trevor Project did a 2022 survey, which linked gender affirming care to reductions in depression and suicide among transgender and non-gender conforming youth, nearly one in five whom have considered suicide in the past year. So gender affirming care is not harmful and it's very serious that trans people get the health care that they need. In literally to survive, because if not, like, (laughs) their mental health is, you know, just awful. These are awful conditions to live with. So, continuing on, Maggie writes that some activists and politicians also say exposing young people to transgender identities, whether through a book reading by a drag performer or a classroom discussion, sexualizes them. An echo of anti-gay campaigns dating to the 1970s, which cast gay people as preying on children. Essentially, they're saying that drag shows or, like, this Sam Smith music video is sexualizing children. There were no children in that music video. Okay. So we can have sexy music videos from women. We can have sexy music videos from men. But the second it's a drag queen, the second it's a non-gender conforming person, now it's sexualizing children. Like, make it make sense. Make it make sense. I feel like these things are just like conservatives accidentally acknowledging their own fucked up thoughts about underage kids (laughs) and And also young people and drag queens and then being like do i want to fuck this yeah they're like children drag queens (laughs) drag queen equals sexy therefore bad like you're the one you're the one who's finding this attractive yeah it's like you're the one who's accidentally in your legislation being like i would love to fuck that person (laughs) also if we think about women a lot of music videos as we've talked about a lot of female pop stars 
are very sexualized and have very sexy music videos. If we think about the LGBTQ community, not everyone, there's not everyone out here just like making sexy music videos, but like if we think about the Sam Smith music video, if we think about Lil Nas X, like they're expressing their sexuality. They're expressing not even just their sexual orientation, like their personal sexuality. Yeah. Women, female music pop stars are doing the same thing. So it's like, what really, what people are mad about is that, <laughs> is that, there's like, no it's just that men can't <laughs> express their sexuality because they literally don't know how to because they're yeah. so repressed. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're just mad that these men don't need to play golf to like talk about their feelings. Oh my God. Uh... <laughs> That's what it boils down to. They're like, what do you mean these men are comfortable being sexual beings and like admitting to their emotions and stuff? So, with all this insane stupid bullshit that's happening in the u.s we do have some positive healthy quotes to wrap this up with from sam smith themselves on that zane Lowe interview that sarah had mentioned sam says my family can communicate with me now in an even better way my love life has become better from it i feel lovable i feel comfortable in my skin but i wear what i want to wear since changing my pronouns it felt like a coming home and then they go on to say i think the only negatives in this struggle have been my public life and my job the amount of hate and shitness that has come my way was just exhausting it's really hard this isn't me sitting at home googling my name it was the fucking news which like just goes to show sam smith being accepted in their own community being accepted by their own family like having that support system is so important and it's literally just the general public in the news being fucking awful it's interesting just to think about how this can play into like the cultural and pop culture zeitgeist like going forward as well just because it's like we're gaining a very powerful successful positive influence for fellow kids going through similar things that sam has gone through in their life of like figuring out their gender identity and all that stuff and like seeing that they can thrive and have success and be like yeah it's shit that all these people are saying horrible things about me but i'm thriving because i'm living my truest form and so it's just kind of interesting how and i feel like this has been a common theme in most of the most of the discussions we've been having about how things feel like they're moving forward and backwards at the same time. Yeah. Where, like, there's, like, really positive forward momentum in one direction, whereas, like, the other direction are these goblins in, the <laughs> in like, conservative America trying to pull it back and not succeeding as much as they would like to. There is, unfortunately, some success for them. But mainly, I feel like it's just interesting how, like, those two things are, like, going against each other at the same time. And I feel like eventually it'll all sort itself out, hopefully. Maybe I'm being too positive right now. But I don't know. I feel like Sam Smith still being able to remain positive throughout all of this, I think, proves that these people and their fucked up mindsets aren't going to win at the end of the day. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we're always working towards a better future. Which is just like a good mindset to be in, especially because with the next thing we're going to be talking about, we again have some some TikTok nonsense going on in uh, TikTok's censorship being so insane that we've essentially have had to invent a new language on TikTok in order to discuss things. And it's it's really interesting because I feel like whenever we do talk about TikTok, we talk about how people have been able to create safe spaces and communities on there where they're opening up about this shit that they've been through in life or sharing 
experiences where people feel less alone because you're having more access to people that you would have never had access to before and people are just completely putting down all barriers all safety nets that they would have surrounded themselves with because they've garnered some sort of a following and now are like okay I'm going to be open about like who I am and what I've been through and all this sort of stuff, which is really incredible at the end of the day. And yet TikTok is just like, we're so happy for you that you've found a space on our app and that you're using our app all of the time. But if you talk about like your suicidal ideations one more fucking time, we're going to ban you from our app. Or if you talk about like the sexual assault you've been through or your abusive boyfriend one more fucking time, you will never have access to this app ever again, which has happened to multiple people. And it's even happened to people who like will talk about their struggles with like autism and stuff where their accounts just get banned because viewers on TikTok will be like, we don't like that you're normalizing being autistic and therefore we're going to mass report you. And then if you're not verified on TikTok or popular enough on TikTok, there's no one for you to reach out to. And then your whole livelihood gets taken away from you in two seconds because people mass reported you, which has been crazy. And so the latest controversy that has come up on TikTok is because of this forced need to kind of codify language has been that there was this trend going around where people were talking about essentially trauma that they faced from being in relationships with men and using the term mascara as a code word for man when i first saw this trend i thought mascara was just a code word for dick i think that that's what most people were using it as but also like as a trend gets bigger the terminology kind of gets confused and muddled and then different people are using it in different ways and then everything gets lost in translation because there's no clear dictionary definition to like how we're using this double speak terminology that we've had to adopt because tiktok's like how dare you talk about real life issues on this app for dancing (laughs) we're like it's not an app for dancing tiktok shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) yeah so to give some examples of what sarah is talking about people would say my mascara wand is stuck in another tube or The one mascara I ever really had ended up damaging my eyelashes really badly, so now I'm too scared to try a new mascara because I can't take my eyelashes being damaged again. However, some people, you were using it for more serious discussions, such as sexual assault. And this is where Julia Fox got in some hot water because one user shared a video that said he gave this one girl mascara one time and it must have been so good that she decided her and her friend should both try it without my consent. And then Julia Fox commented, IDKY, but I don't feel bad for you, lol. And then, of course, the internet was ablaze, and she had to respond and say, hey, babe, I'm so sorry. I really thought you were talking about mascara as in makeup. And so this is an interesting controversy because there was some discourse about this on Twitter surrounding Julia Fox of people being like, the doublespeak of TikTok and people being mad when people don't understand it is ableist, which is like another thing like a buzzwordy thing that people like to throw around quite a lot on tiktok of like calling things ableist when like i don't really know if they know what being ableist means but last year on tiktok julia fox did tell everybody that she is autistic 
and it is known that autistic people can struggle to understand kind of like sarcasm or double meaning and like unless it's completely explained to them what's going on it'll go completely over their heads and so people are like julia fox is literally autistic like don't fucking get mad at her and the whole internet like the whole internet but like this whole section of tiktok was like blasting julia fox for being inconsiderate and like not paying attention and all this stuff and it's like to be fair anytime i saw these mascara double speak videos come up on my for you page they were using mascara as like different terminologies like some of them were so confusing that i was like i have no idea what is going on here (laughs) because they take it to this level like you said like you said from that one thing where they were talking about like oh like it damaged my eyelashes like that one like i get what they're trying to say like oh like a man fucked me up so bad that like now i'm afraid to date another man because they might fuck me up too but like some people were just like taking it to like these such like makeup double speak extremes that it was like what is possibly happening here like (laughs) what is going on i mean it's pretty depressing that people are trying to share trauma and yet they're so afraid that tiktok's going to ban them or take their video down or not push that video out to the for you page because of whatever language or that they're using that they need to write something and essentially complete gibberish to get it noticed by people and it's just like it's so it's so crazy because truly most of the videos i saw i was like oh mascara means dick like, it doesn't mean, like, a person you were in a relationship with. It yeah. specifically means a dick, which, like, could make sense in regards to how mascara works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really could. So the crazy thing in all of this is that it's, like, it's not just, like, accounts getting banned. It's, like, specific conversations that the algorithms are deeming as, like, problematic or bad or bad language. Yeah. Um, which, in some cases, they can be. But in other cases, it's, like, literally just, like, the algorithm being racist or, like, not yeah. promoting videos of discussing Black Lives Matter or stuff like that. And we've seen this across issues of race, LGBTQ matters, etc. And so there was an article by Faith J. Day who reports on internet culture and they wrote an article called Our Censorship Al- Our Censorship Algorithms Changing TikTok's Culture. And they've also spent a lot of time studying YouTube's algorithm and like YouTube creators and how they've navigated things. But Faith writes that similar to the role of racism and other oppressive codes within modern day society, many algorithms are reproducing models of discriminatory design, which don't take into account the unique issues and needs that come with having diverse intersectional group of communities engaging in online discourse. And what's more is that many communities that are already intersectionally marginalized within offline spaces are experiencing the additional threat of marginalization from algorithms that have not been taught to be comfortable with topics or language outside the norms of white cis heteronormative culture. So it's like not even just that like people are mad about these conversations happening. Like the algorithm literally doesn't know that like there are okay conversations to be had around these things. And it's like, even like past mascara, it's like, if you think about things like on TikTok, people say like segs, like S E G G S instead of sex or like S A instead of sexual assault or like 
unalive instead of like death or suicide. So like people have been coding their videos for a while now, but when people were talking about abortion and like Texas making abortion illegal, like states making abortion illegal, people were like, oh, if you need to come camping in my state because your state doesn't allow camping, you can come camp with me. Like stuff yeah. like that. Like, I think that was like the first like kind of initial thing I remember, but I feel like this mascara thing got like so twisted of like sarah said so many people using it in so many different ways that it just becomes unhelpful if you're yeah. not like on tiktok 24 7 yeah and that and that's the issue is it's like these are genuinely important conversations to be having especially about like people sharing their experience of having bad relationships or like normalizing that not giving consent and then feeling forced to give consent is also sexual assault and things like that like these are really important conversations to be had because it's like there's a lot of things that literally i as a 30 year old woman have learned on tiktok where i'm like wow if i had known that when i was a teenager my life would be a lot different right now because these conversations weren't normalized when we were younger and i feel like on tiktok people are trying to normalize having these conversations but because of all this suppression it's hard to to the point where it was like for a while people even were like having to spell out lesbian with like a dollar sign and that's how it like became like la dollar bean where that was like a trend that was happening <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know where that one came from <laughs> yeah it was because tiktok was like not letting people like not pushing videos that people were referring to oh themselves as lesbians that's so funny which is like insane and ridiculous and the whole like having to use the term unalive instead of suicide or even just death in general because like they don't want people talking about people dying apparently and it, it's like so many people were trying to like normalize conversations i feel like there was a lot of like younger millennials so like people between the ages of like 27 and like 35 on tiktok trying to help normalize conversations that weren't normalized when we were younger and i feel like that's been overall like a very helpful thing that they have been doing but the tiktok algorithm is like why are you having this conversation on my silly goofy app like how, how like how dare this app you? is for silly and goofy only <laughs> yeah, out if you're being serious because i mean like I, it's even gotten to the point where the suppression of important things on tiktok has gotten so bad that you'll see videos on your for you page of people being like why am i seeing like charlie d'amelio when i've never seen charlie d'amelio like is something happening that i'm unaware of and then somebody's like yeah thousands of girls and women are getting murdered in iran right now Jesus and it's Christ. like and, and like that's that's the thing is it's like the algorithm is like no we're supposed to be here for a silly goofy time and we're like no we're literally here to like find out news because twitter is garbage now and we need to find out news somewhere and, pe and a lot of young people like to find out news from social media rather than just going on like the new york times website or whatever the case is and yet we can tell when something is happening because the algorithm will change so drastically where we're only seeing viral videos or we're only seeing like a certain type of video on our for you page and we're like okay something must be going on how do we find out what's going on it's, it's like this like weird thing where like we've been brainwashed to understand things are happening because tiktok's trying to make us not know that things are happening <laughs> 
So, like, essentially, like, what I'm hearing from you is that it's, like, TikTok has been a place for people connect to connect with shared ideas and experiences and discover new ones that they haven't had access to before. Yeah. Um, know that they're not alone and have important discussions. And yet, because the algorithm is doing this, it's now trivializing these discussions, essentially. Because, and I think this mascara example is so indicative of, like, things getting lost in translation, where it's like, I thought yeah. it meant this, but I thought it meant this, that now we don't even know what it means. And the point of this conversation is lost. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like the thing that just needs to happen is like TikTok to number one, fix the suppression algorithm that exists within it. And also maybe just like lean into the fact that people are trying to use the app for educational purposes and trying to use it to like make conversations feel less scary and just open up discourse amongst people who have gone through similar traumatic experiences and be able to kind of find their fellow people in that regard and so it's like this mascara issue of the mascara doublespeak trend and like julia fox getting involved making this conversation reach a bigger platform because some news sites are reporting on it because julia fox was involved i feel like that should make people realize more how much tiktok is something that tiktok never thought it was going to be and that it should be like leaned into into more and used as the safe space that people have actually have have created it to be and so i just think it's like an interesting trend to like be aware of of the fact that there's so much force to like make up language to make things more accessible and therefore it's making them less accessible because people are confused and they don't know what's going on it's it's so backwards but i think it was interesting to talk about this because tiktok is such a huge part of our daily lives and also how pop culture unfolds and so this is like one of the factors that's going to be in play as we continue to experience the world and pop culture yeah exactly it's going to be a huge part of like the pop culture zeitgeist going forward as it has been for the last two years and so it's always important to like discuss what crazy shit's happening over on tiktok so if you guys have any thoughts or feelings about sam smith or the tiktok doublespeak and suppression that's been going on or you want to fangirl over Harry Styles and all of his cute outfits he's been wearing in the past week and a half, you can reach out to us on social media. We are at Name3Songs on all platforms. Or if you'd like to speak with us personally because you have some beef or some love you'd like to throw our way, you can find me. I'm at Sarah underscore Fagan on all platforms. And Jenna is at Jenna underscore Million. So thanks for joining us this week on Name3Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Ray. Don't forget to subscribe to be noticed when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode you can visit name3songs.com judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.